feel like I'm a pretty good forcible entry tool. You, know, <laughs> you need you need to get in the building. I'm I'm yeah. I'm pretty with my it's gotta be the Euro helmet though. I could like a battering ram, I can use it as that. <laughs> Welcome to the Gilmer County Fire Rescue Podcast. Join us on this enlightening journey into the world of emergency services. All right, well, welcome back to this episode of the Gilmer County Fire Rescue Podcast. This is your host, Bill Sargent, coming back to you. We're um, excited to bring you the newest edition. You know, as we've talked about previously, we've got several different editions we're doing. We're doing... We've got the fire edition. We've got the EMS edition. We've got the community outreach stuff. This is a unique one. This is going to be our probie hour. We're going to be talking to two of our probationary firefighters. I'm lucky enough to be um, Lieutenant, along with Lieutenant Morris, who you're about to meet. We're um, going to cover their journey over the next year. They finished EMT school this week. And so for the next year, we're going to talk to these guys about what it is to be a probationary firefighter to be probationary, not just in the fire service here at Gilmer County and, and the unique lessons they've learned and the unique lessons that we've learned as a lieutenant. So first off, I want to introduce Lieutenant C.J. Morris. You'll uh, tell us a little about yourself. Well, uh, I've been a lieutenant for a few years, uh, fire service for 15. Uh, training's always my big thing. I was really involved with this class. I think they were a great group of guys, and I look forward to seeing, you know, what they can do in the future, and thankful to be a part of that. Awesome. Well, I'm happy to have you here with us, and really excited about what we're doing. You know, as we've previously discussed, you know, the class you just talked about, we just graduated our first... Full board class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say real, but the first, you know, what you would expect from a professional fire department... We started with 15, and now we've graduated eight out of that. On top of that, we just had another, what is it, five, six that finished AEMT school with them. Yep. So we're excited because we've got a lot of fresh blood hitting the, the streets. So I want to first introduce probationary firefighter Aaron Kennedy. So Aaron, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, like you said, my name's Aaron. I'm 27 years old. I live in one of the surrounding counties uh, to Gilmer. So I make the little trip up here, uh, got away from home, decided to jump on Gilmer County's first recruit class, uh, and everything went well, still going smooth, and just uh, glad to be here. Awesome. So next is probationary firefighter Rylan Cochran. Uh, give us a little introduction about yourself, Rylan. What's up? I'm Rylan. Um, so... Like he's like Aaron said, uh, decided to join up on this. Um, Dad was in the fire service, so it's kind of in my blood. And uh, just to touch on this or what you said, um, first full like kind of like uh, professional. We're a professional department, I would say. Yeah. So um, I don't know if like how you meant that. You said uh, it's kind of like a we're like full professional now. We are professional. Well, no, yeah, and well, what I what I mean more is. You know, traditionally, we've done this night class thing that a lot of departments in the region are forced to do. And thankfully, under the leadership of Chief Kaufman and Chief Bryant, Chief Chastain, we were able to kind of change that and go from that to what you would expect your big metro departments to do. That That's more what I meant. So thank okay. you for clarifying that. Yeah. I was like, because in the past, you know, like myself, you know, I've, I've taught, they were considered volunteer classes. So it would be, you know, 
people in the community would want to come in. They'd want to do something, but not want to change their right. job. So they'd come in, you know, in the evenings after work. You know, we'd do two, three nights a week, maybe every other Saturday. And they would get their, like, entry-level fire certification. So the process that y'all just completed is, you know, it's, it's new grounds for us up here. You know, we're the first department that's been able to do that in the North Georgia Mountains. So it's it's really a step up for us as a department, us as a community, and, you know, having y'all go through this and it be so successful is just, it's an amazing thing. Y'all have done an amazing, you know, accomplished so much. And uh, that's like the real driving force for us to continue to do this. And that's really why I feel, you know, doing this, having this probie hour and talking to y'all and getting y'all's experience because as instructors like myself and Will, you know, we, we see our side, we see the little bits and pieces of it, but getting y'all's perspective and y'all being truthful with it, I mean, that's that means a lot to us. And it's interesting now for us being probies now that we've seen our side of it, like the recruit side of it in the last year, you know, 10 months. And now new class is coming in, and we get to see the other side of it and kind of be like, hey, this is how we felt. This is what we think is different and stuff. So it's interesting to see both sides of it. I also think it's very interesting to see um, from being a recruit the community. Uh, you know, like we were talking, uh, this might be our first big professional uptaking as far as recruit class and seeing the community come together and actually, you know, the times that we were out on the town, they noticed who we were just as recruits. So I know the community thought this was a great thing too. Yeah, and that's, you know, one of the cool things is this is episode's actually being recorded before you guys officially graduate. You know, you're already in the field, but now on June 2nd, we're doing our graduation. By the time this comes out, that'll be done. Um, and the community's come together. We've been able to use one of the, the most beautiful views in the county, in my opinion, up at Tolona Ridge for your graduation. And it's, it's really exciting. And it's, it's also exciting to have this opportunity because I think this is unique in that we're going to get to follow your journey for the next year. And not only that, you're going to help us learn because we have 17 people starting recruit school June 26th. It'd be nice for us to look back on too. I mean, right. And this is, y'all been doing it for 15 years. I mean, 15 years from now, getting here ourselves, being like, oh man, I was, yeah, and you know, back then, or man, I had it back then, or something like that. And in, and in 15 years, you're going to be the one doing stuff like this. You're going to be the the faces of this department because we're going to be gone. It'll be you sitting in the seat that I'm in, not only as a lieutenant, but maybe the one running this. And that way, um, I, I think it's going to be really good for us. And I'm yeah. excited about the opportunity to really follow you guys and to have this. And again, it's going to be cool because I'm going to be able to give this to you guys, and you'll you'll have something to look back on that. We're stuck with memories. Podcasting really wasn't a thing when we came about. I mean, there's <laughs> there's a couple, but it just wasn't a thing. So this is a, a pretty cool opportunity. So uh, now I kind of want to, um, to kind of help introduce you guys, I want to dig into a little bit about who you guys are. Um, so let's start with uh, Firefighter Kenny. Why don't you talk to me a little bit about why you became a firefighter? So... Really, um, the only person from my family that I'm aware of uh, is actually my great-grandpa, and he was just a volunteer. So I've never been around this at all. Um, coming from the military, obviously, we had, like, military firefighters, but that was a little bit different. Um, 
you know, they might be fighting on ship fires or commercial the only. Guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So worked with a lot of those guys. So yep. yeah. Um, the only, I mean, really, I got into this because um, the camaraderie, the brotherhood. You know, you might hear that a lot, but coming from the military, um, being able to get surrounded by some people that are like-minded, um, leaving from the military side, coming into this, I, I was searching for, I guess you could say, some kind of career um, that reminded me of that military lifestyle. So that's really why um, I jumped back into this. And just the challenges, you know, so a regular nine-to-five desk job just ain't for me. It's just not my style. So. Getting out here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I think we all pretty much feel that same way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Being able to, I mean, we work 24 hours on, 48 hours off. And let's say, you know, you might have a slow day here at the station. You got 48 hours to go do what you want to do and figure out what you want to do. So that brought a lot of interest into uh, my mindset and what I have planned for my future. So so one of the things that's interesting, you know, like, like Cochran said, you know, I've been doing this 15 years and. Over those years, I've worked with a lot of military guys, and I've never really got to ask this question. What is that transition like? Is it smooth? Does it feel natural? Is that transition from the structure of the military to the little less structure of the fire service? But you know, still, is that how was that transition for you? Yeah. So, I mean, just to be honest, I got out, um, and I was 23 years old. I'm now 27. So, I mean, it's been a while. I've, I've been searching, kind of just flying with the wind. Um, now, whenever you go to get out, they do set you up, um, but it is what you make out of it. So if if you're listening to what they say and you're listening to the older guys, like if in this case, if I was to be transitioning out of the military and I was listening to what you guys had to say, I need to take that personally. So what I mean by that is there was a time frame, probably six or eight months of when I was going to get out that was like, if you will do this, this, and this, it will set you up. Well, Personally, I didn't. I didn't listen to that. I was just ready to get out. So that transition for me was difficult. Now, that's not to go to say that someone else may have had an easier transition because I know there are people that are. But also, I take that as you know, like I said, it's been four, five, six years since I've been out of the military now, and I think it was all meant to be. It was all right. part of what I was supposed to go through to find out who I am. I think that's that's a good mindset to have. Well, we'll come back to you. So a little uh, firefighter Cochran, why don't you tell me a little bit about why the fire department for you? Well, I mentioned it earlier. My dad did it for 27 years, and it's kind of like just growing up with it. And uh, kind of like what Aaron was saying, um, the camaraderie. Like you don't get that with a 9-to-5 job. And even the short time that I've been doing this, um, I couldn't handle going to a 9-to-5 job. Like I absolutely could not. And um, I don't know, I guess someone said it like one of our first days, you know, there's a fine line between being a criminal and being a firefighter, like the stuff that you're doing. <laughs> and that's very true. There's not, there's not many things that you can do legally that you can do as a firefighter. Like you can't kick down doors. You can't just break into someone's house and start, you know, pulling their ceiling out, pulling the walls out, like busting windows open busting to get windows, somebody out of the I mean, car. Yeah, I don't say absolutely destroying a minivan. Yeah, you know? oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I guess that's a good point. I haven't really thought about it that way. I get. I mean, I guess you could do it. Probably only do it once, so they wouldn't get put in jail. <laughs> yeah. That's the truth. No, so. I mean, just so much. I've had so much fun so far. Just what I've been doing. I couldn't imagine going back anywhere else. No. Well, I know that you guys have um, your whole class is 
brought a lot of life into the department. We've all been very excited to have you guys here. So, all right. So let's kind of dig into why Gilmer, what brought you here? And that can be as simple as, well, you guys were the ones doing the recruit school. I'm just, just curious what, what brought you here, what you love about Gilmer and kind of talk a little bit about our department. All right. So, um, yeah, like I said, I got a pretty funny backstory, um, as to why I chose Gilmer County. Um, I worked for a moving company before this. I was wearing uh, the College Hunks T-shirt that we wore for work, obviously. Um, and one of the guys from the gym that I work out from uh, work out to, he was probably four years older than me. Never spoke to him in my life. Uh, I was at Quick Trip grabbing a snack or whatever for the day, and I feel someone pat me on the shoulder and, "Hey, bud, you ever thought about doing fire department stuff?" Well, you know, I think as a guy, we've all considered it once or twice. Um, but from that point on, he told me, he, he said, Hey, I work for Gwinnett County. I've been there for about eight years now. If you're interested, send in an application. So I was interested, but wasn't interested in the drive considering I was going to be doing it nine to five for the next 10 months, evidently. Um, and just so happened, one of the guys that works here at Gilmer was like, Hey, uh, we're having a, uh, open house tonight. You should pop in. So sure enough, I popped in, ended up coming to the next open house and uh, it all just chalked up in my favor, um, had my interview, and now here I am 20 minutes away from home instead of an hour and 30 minutes driving. So that's a big reason as to why I chose Goomer County, but also to be close to home. Uh, that's see completely some, fair. See some familiar faces. And uh, like you guys said, you know, we are small northern mountains of Georgia department, but um, I think Cochran will agree with this is that we can actually help with building up this department like you guys have spoke on starting from first ever full recruit class to you know now here in the next five years maybe we'll be the LTs running the recruit class I don't know about five years but but, and that's and that's the thing about it you know like having y'all come up the way that you've come into this it's you know we're we're taking all the steps to set y'all up for success. You know, we're doing everything to train y'all to be better than we are because that's, I mean, that's what the fire service is about. You know, you bring up your younger ones to make them better than you. That way, when you leave it, you know, it's, it's just that much better. You have that much more experience, that much more knowledge, you know, and it's, it's a very humbling thing to see this really come to fruition now at the end to, you know, considering where we started, you know, last year to where we are now, it's yeah. just, it blows my mind. Yeah. And with, you know, myself, you know, I've been involved with Gilmer County since, God, the early 2000s, you know, back when my parents worked here. Yep. And to see what we become now and to see the strides that we're making with y'all coming in, it just, I, I'm, I'm telling you, dude, I got chills right now. Yep. It's, it's an amazing thing. And, that, and I speak from the heart about this place because, you know, Gilmer Fire... <clears throat> That's it's my home. You know, this is my home department. It's where I started all those years ago. And it's just uh, like I said, I mean, it's a it's amazing. It gives me chills just thinking about all the positive things that we're doing now. Yeah. And, and for me, you know, it's this isn't the department I started at. I've been, you know, a lot of different places, but it is my home department. It is the place that I made the comment several times, especially in those first few months. Every day I came here, I knew I was, this is where I was supposed to be, and that's continued. And I've gotten to see us go from where we were a year and a half ago to where we are today, and it's been really exciting. And 
you guys have been a huge part of that. This next group's been a big part of that. So um, I'm really, I think we're going in a good direction. So. Oh, yeah. So where were we? I think it's... Cochran. I guess it's my yeah. turn. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, why Gilmer? Talk to me a little bit about why, why you're here, what brought you here. What? Well, I'm from LJ, uh, Gilmer County. Um, I remember asking my dad, probably like freshman, sophomore year of high school, some years back, I guess, a few years back, but um, asking him, how, what steps do I need to take if I want to pursue a career in the fire department? And I remember he told me that you need to go somewhere down close to, uh, you know, like closer to Atlanta, Gwinnett County, Cherokee County, something like that, because he retired out of Gwinnett County. And um, I remember thinking like, oh, man, you know, I, I just don't want to go down there right now, like, I want to make that drive. Yeah. And um, ended up applying, me and one of my friends, um, we applied at Gwinnett County and Cherokee County and I think Forsyth County and um, never heard anything back. And I was coaching a baseball team, me and a few of my friends, some nine and 10-year-old baseball team. And one of the guys, one of the kids, his parents was wearing a uh, – Gilmer fire shirt and I talked to him I said hey man I just uh, applied actually at Gwinnett County he said well you know Gilmer County is actually talking about doing a recruit class this coming year and I, could, I think I think that was like Thursday or Friday that next Monday I was up here talking didn't know who anybody was and I was like so I hear something about a recruit class and they're like well that's I mean we're in the premature stages right now I think I called like every single week just annoying people like, I mean, I made sure people knew who I was. I was calling annoying people, but, I mean, I'm from here. And my mentality at first was, you know, kind of want to get my foot in the water, like foot in the door, to, you know, test the water before I just jump in the fire service and make sure I really want to do this. But, I mean, like, I mean, I haven't been anywhere else, but I'd say Gilmer County is my home department. I mean, I'm glad I'm here. Everything, so everything has a fun way of working out. Yeah, I think so. So let's – uh. Good way to introduce you guys, and as we go over the next year, folks are going to get to know you guys a little bit better. Um, on a personal note, um, just real quick, what are some hobbies? Outside of the fire service, outside of that stuff, Kennedy, what are some things you like to do? Uh, I'm big into automotive stuff, cars, motorcycles. Um, love the gym. That's my main three, fishing, North Georgia mountain stuff like that, I guess. Uh just being fit. I like being outdoors, hiking, camping, stuff like that. Awesome. All right, Cochran, what about you? Sure, put me on the spot. <laughs> um, I enjoy sports. I guess me and my friends and stuff, we go to, you know, Braves games and Georgia games and stuff like that. I enjoy watching sports, hanging out. Some pickleball? <laughs> I've played pickleball before. I hadn't really got too into it, though. But um, grilling out, stuff like that. I guess outdoor stuff. You know, I enjoy being outside, just relaxing and stuff doing stuff that i enjoy awesome so well and that's the good thing about you know the fire services <clears throat> you you essentially you build us like a second family in doing this so we're able to you know take all of all of our hobbies and you know do them together and uh you know it's doing those things with being able to do those things with the guys that you work with is is awesome. And, I mean, that may be just me, but, you know, it's just where else can you go to work and just 
hang out. Sit hang in out. a conference room and record a podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, you know, do like what we're going to do tonight. You know, we build a fire, have some cigars, you know, just, just enjoy, you know, enjoy that time with the guys and be able to sit and talk about whatever. Yeah. Yep. You know, uh, Rylan, you know, you talked earlier about making that drive. You know, I've I've worked at places where you had to drive. And, like, even my dad, when I first got into this, he was like, you need to apply at Forest Park. Like, there is absolutely no way I'm going to drive to Forest Park. And I guess some like, people do. And, I mean, good for them if that's what they want to do. But, I mean, teach well, and, their own. Well, and my thing with that, like, with your bigger departments is, you know, you there are benefits to the bigger departments. I'm not going to knock them. But – at the same time, you know, being at a smaller department, you're not just, you know, a butt in the seat. You know, you're not just a number. You know, we know everybody here. We know what's going on with everybody in everybody's lives. And it's it's more of that family culture in a smaller department like Gilmer. Absolutely. It's a family. And as you can tell, because, I mean, just with us, us recruits, like, we've been online. You know, we finished recruit, uh, we finished advanced TMT school, you know, maybe a month ago. And we've been working online, getting ready for our national registry, which we just did. And um, even that, like, I mean, learned so much about everybody. You know, like, I know what you ate because I just went in the bathroom after you got done. Like, <laughs> exactly. like, I mean, I know your sleeping habits. I know who snores the loudest and stuff like that. Yeah, so you know which bunk room to pick that's farthest away from yeah. them? Yeah. <laughs> no Unless either. you get the mad hacker that's right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> Like, but and, and with that, you know, you get the outpouring of support from not just the guys that are in your station. I mean, you get them here, you know, you get it from everybody. Yeah. Everybody that works at this department will be there to support you yeah. in one facet or another. Yeah. So it's also good to see because, like, back on that family thing, you know, we've only known really personally you guys the past two, three months as far as like being online, working on shift. And yeah, I've met your entire family played basketball with your whole family. I know, family. Uncle Aaron. Like, got to meet uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Sergeant's boy, like had him over here for a whole day. So like, I mean, we already know not only what we do here at the station all the time, but the family, we met all the family. So it's a huge family thing. So as far as, you know, the people that are uh, considering doing this that might be struggling with, well, I'll be gone 24, 48. Well, not really because – whether we're your family that you see every day or your family that you see every third day, it's a family no matter how you look at it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, even even with that, you know, we have family that comes up all the time. You know, I mean, we always have somebody's wife, husband, kids. I mean, they're always here. And that's yeah. that's really one of the biggest things I know that as myself being an officer and the other officers here, you know, Lieutenant Sergeant, Chief Bryant, all them, which I'll meet Chief Bryant later, you know, we, we promote family so much that it's, I mean, it goes un, really unsaid most of the time. And that's that's a top-down thing here. That's one thing I have to say. You know, I, I know you want to see the biggest smile on Chief Chastain's face. It's fill this place with kids. Oh, that's right. And and he is the biggest proponent of family in this department. And we see it, you know, from everything from our Christmas party to day-to-day life. I was to say our Christmas party is always... And and it has always been geared for the kids, you know. I mean, we do it for you know for us, you know, for all the firefighters involved. But we do have such an outpouring for the kids, not only the kids of the department, but the kids in the community. Yeah, I mean, I mean, all the you know the stuff that we do, like with our kids' Christmas, you know, it's just 
like family is number one and it has always been number one. Now, did you, did you guys get to do much with the Christmas for kids this year? No, I think there was one shift that got to go. Yeah. You're talking about buying the presents. Yeah. No, we, I didn't get to do that. There was some that talked about it, but, um, and, and just so our listeners are aware, you know, and it's not just the fire department, it's this community. We, we raise money through a separate nonprofit, um, where we can go and we, we, buy presents for the kids of Gilmer County that are uh, in situations where they wouldn't have Christmas. And we spend, I don't, do you remember the tally from this last year? No. So last year, I want to say it was upwards of like $50,000. Yeah, it was hefty. Yeah. It's, it's an, it's an incredible amount that we get to, and you know, then we get to go deliver it. And, you know, that's just, just kind of speaks to the commitment of everyone here and how much, Everyone values family. I mean, and that's a two way lesson too. I mean, that's that's teaching kids. You know, like you can trust us. Like we're yeah. we're help. Because I mean, yeah. I think in such like in the world today, like public service is not something that people are just like. Man, we we support them. I mean, there are certain people that are, but I mean, if you teach people, you know, like hey, we're yeah, we're, we're good guys. I mean, like we have. I don't have personally have kids. I mean, y'all have kids. Everyone has kids. Like we want to benefit our community. And I think that that's a good yeah, good way to do that. Definitely. Well, and and then with that, I mean, you always hear you know all the stuff about you know law enforcement and how people don't like them, but they like us. And I mean, we're all really in the same boat. So like with those events that we do, you know, we bring in law enforcement. You know, like I mean, my wife's a deputy, so I I kind of get to see both sides of it. Yep. But it's just going back to that family, going back to the camaraderie. You know, that you talked about, Kennedy, it's, we're so, like, bound with each other, both on duty, off duty, and the outpouring of, again, like, support and the passion to just be those servants yep. of the community, you know, and that's that's our, our job, you know, we're servants to those around us, and not just the residents of Gilmer County, you know, it's also the influx of tourists that we get. You know, I mean, we serve them too. Just because they don't live here, that that doesn't mean anything. It doesn't change what we're going to do for them. Yeah. And LJ and Gilmer County as a whole is growing, like, dramatically. I mean, it's... Very much it's, so. In the last few years, like, growing up here and stuff, just seeing how much it's grown. And that's another thing I wanted to add earlier about the recruit class. Like, Gilmer County needs this. Yes. And surrounding counties need this. And, you know, whoever's listens to this like it might be from a bigger department like oh man oh lj they don't need that gilmer county needs this i mean it's growing and whether you like it or not it is and i mean i guess you only you don't realize it until you need us top deal i guess and, and that's that that's for 15 years Lieutenant <laughs> morrison tell you that's just that's how it's been and this community is getting to a point where it needs us a lot more because uh, because of that growth, I know I have watched this place grow. You know, for a while I was I was in and out every couple of years as I was traveling and stuff and coming back. I, that's a totally different place. So that is a good point. So kind of shifting gears a little bit, uh, what has been the biggest surprise to you guys from going from recruit school? And being in class to being online, what's been the biggest thing that took you by surprise that you weren't expecting? Biggest thing that took me by surprise, um, I don't really like recall anything that just jumps out. I think um, 
for especially for this being our first recruit class here in Gilmer County, um, we were we were improved like very well from the start of recruit class to be like, hey, let's start taking one shift on the weekend and start getting you guys like uh, acclimated to what you'll be doing. So I can't I can't say that anything's just really jumped out. Um, I mean, I guess the biggest thing that catches you off surprise is that the things you learn really do happen. Like that's not this isn't just training. These you're gonna go out here to somebody that's having the worst moment of their life and you are the answer. Yeah. It's not it's not the training that you've done. It's you showing up with the training and you're supposed to fix the problem. I think that's the not really biggest surprise. I, I think I was ready for that, but seeing it in person and seeing those cards unfold as you're doing that. So basically what we taught you came to pass. Exactly. It was actually yep. important. Exactly. Because like, there's we're we're it. Like we don't yep. we don't call anybody else. We yep. are the, the last line pretty much. Exactly. Yeah. That was a scary thought too. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your answer? What took uh, you by surprise the most? The biggest thing would probably be relationships with instructors and stuff like that. Because in recruit school, I mean you're not really friends with your instructors. I mean, you're, you're pals. We know, I know your name, you know my name type deal. But then once you get out of that, and it's kind of like if personally, if someone's going to be my, you know, officer is going to be in charge of me, like teaching me stuff, I want them to be able to relate to me. I don't want them to be, you know, you do this just because I tell you. Right. It's going to be like you do this and I'll do it with you and I'll help you along the way. Like, I mean – I'd say we're friends now. All yeah. of us are friends, absolutely. Like, I mean, I've made some pretty pretty good friends with the officers now, the chiefs and stuff like that. And seeing how the chiefs act now towards us now that we're actually online <laughs> and stuff is different too. Um, it's a little, little bit of a, probably a bit of a shock at first that all those people do smile. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that and... I didn't know they had emotion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's funny... Like, just to expound on what Cochran was saying, you know, you meet everybody at the open house and it's all smiling faces and everything's happy-go-lucky and you show up the first day of recruit class and it's straight face, push-ups, burpees, yeah, jumping then, jacks. I mean, we got to draw you in somehow, you know. Exactly. We, it's, it's our job as the instructors and, you know, officers of the department to sell it to get you to want to come. Yeah. But then, you know, once you're, once you're in, you know, that's that's when the real work starts. Surprise. But I can say, you know, as as one of the the instructors that you know help help bring y'all up into this, I started building like on my side. I started building relationships relationships with y'all, you know, from day one. You know, I started to pay attention to, you know, how y'all reacted to certain things. You know, what your demeanor was like every day, and and I I'll, I'll be bluntly honest. As soon as I found out that I was getting you two and uh, and Henderson, that I was I was ecstatic. Would like to have had my nephew, but of course. I, I get the logistics of that. But it was and and I, I knew y'all were going to be a good fit. Is really what I was trying to say. And really, we have to say the way this class turned out, we'd have been happy with anybody. It's just, oh, absolutely. We had already, you know, we were friends with you guys, and it, you know, I think I think. One of the I have to give credit for how this process ended as well. I think the people that ended up on certain shifts, it, I think it was really well designed because I think everybody is 
is on the shift they need to be on. Right, it works out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because they're all filling a role and with relationships that had already established. I mean, obviously, people gravitate towards one another, and I think we were able to really, and that's not to say that's going to get to happen every time. We're not always all going to get along, and it's not always going to be smooth, but this time I think... So one of the credits I have to give, that that process went real well. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it seems like all the recruits where they ended up, or sorry, probies, where they ended up, I mean, they, they just, they jive. Right. I mean, it flowed really well. And like you said, I mean, they they were put where they needed to be, and yeah. it worked out really well for all of them, I believe, Yeah, and, from my perspective. And you guys, listeners, may hear us call them recruits. They have been our recruits for a year, having to make that transition now where they're probies, and especially with 17 more recruits coming online in a month. So bear with us as we uh, sometimes may forget that. Well, so, keep in mind, we, we are just a bunch of firefighters. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So to kind of continue this discussion, uh, part of what I wanted this first episode to be where we introduce you guys is I kind of want to recap a little bit of recruit school. My next question I really have for you guys, because I, I really want to spend this time talking about recruit school, kind of talking about um, your journey through that in the last 10 months from everything from fire through basic EMT and then advanced EMT. And we'll jump in with questions and just because I'm sure we're going to have some. This, this will help us prepare um, as we jump back into uh, recruit school 2301. And uh, also let us to get to know a little bit about more what you thought and we'll know what our listeners know a little more about you guys. So what was your favorite part about recruit school? Here we go. My favorite part about recruit school. Um, not to be so, I guess the answer that everybody would probably give, but being able to burn the first time, especially coming from, never being around something like that to well let me backtrack actually so starting out you got to learn how to quick dress put all your gear on and then you know the first couple of times we do that we couldn't even walk around without being like all right i'm out of breath falling out and then you know here we are just nine ten short weeks later and we're as only recruits with obviously safeties in place going in a burning building doing our first live burn like that was right that was intense that was my that was my favorite part personally now you both have had the opportunity you've both been on a real fire now right i actually have not not yet how yeah. so yeah i know you had how did it compare the burn building compared to the real life experience you had burn is more controlled yeah obviously i mean there's there's no, I mean, with a burn, you there's a strict plan, and and you know we're gonna enter here, exit here, do this, turn this corner, top deal. We know what's coming. When it was a live burn at someone's house, first off, you pull up, and I don't know if anyone's still inside or not, and it's kind of like, whoa, right, okay. I don't know. We don't know everybody's house layout. We don't know where the room is, where they got a dresser right here or a bed right here. Or, and two, locating the fire is a lot different in a real-life scenario than in a safety safety scenario. It was actually in the ceiling, and we're pulling ceiling, and actually got to feel a roof hit my head for the first time. And so that was interesting. And then... Um, 
you got to learn the salvage process, yeah. uh, you know, getting TVs out of the home yeah. and all the other valuables. Important that, stuff like yeah. that. So, well, all right. Well, what was your answer? My original question there. Uh, my favorite part was probably a uh, pressurized container. That was... Yeah, that's a good That class. was insane. I mean, that was really cool. 40-foot um, flame at night is mm -hmm. always super cool. I mean, there's people stopping on the side of the road. Like, how many times do they call the cops on us? I'll say, yeah. Uh, it's like three, two. It was, it was multiple times they were calling cops thinking that, you know, something's exploding, but it's just us training, and it's just like... Local PD comes screaming in lights and sirens because they don't know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, that was definitely... And I actually got to run one of those calls. Too, not too long after we ran and yep. sat in the lady's yard for three, four hours. Yeah. And forgot about that. With propane because leaking. Of a, a horse yeah. decided to tip a tank over. What I really want to get from both Cochran and Kennedy is I would like you guys to kind of talk us through recruit school from starting in the beginning, the schedule, just the day in, day out, beginning to end. Kind of tell us what that process was like. Um, as we go, also, if you have questions for why did we do something a certain way, how was the process, hop, ask them. It's your time to ask us questions as well. We'll hop in and, and talk about stuff, and we may ask you to expound on some of that. So I don't know who wants to take it off, but let's uh, let's just talk through that. Uh, I'll start. Um, so what, August 1st is when our first day, correct? Yep. Um. Those first two weeks were designed to figure out who wanted to be here and who didn't. And uh, we pretty much found out those first two weeks who wanted to be here and who didn't. And it really kind of opened your eyes of, you know, it's not just, you know, there's actual work in this business. I mean, we're hanging out sometimes and we're working sometimes, but, um, you know, getting used to the gear and yeah, how much does the gear weigh all total? Uh, it's roughly about 80 pounds dry. Yeah, dry. It's big. Dry is a big, big thing. Um, that was interesting, especially uh, August 1st. You know, it's 90 degrees every single day, and you're you're getting 80 pounds a year. And it's, I mean, it's, it's a reality check for sure, first and, two weeks. Uh, it makes a big difference to being fresh, having 80 pounds on, and have been working out all day and having 80 pounds on. That's very true. So yeah. usually, <laughs> um, during fire school, what we did was uh, we had footprints that we had painted on um, one of the back, the, I don't know. The what, back pad. Back pad, yeah. Um, and that's where we met every single day at 8 o'clock. And uh, we did PT for about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. Every day, some days we'd go for runs, some days we'd go for like a ruck march, some days we just got smoked, some days, you never know. And that's what, um, a bunch of us actually had the conversation like during recruit school, we wish that we had more of a structured environment knowing what we're getting into with PT because there's a lot of people that would work out before they came to work, but it made, one of the chiefs had brought up, you never know what you're going to get into when you're working on shift, so the element of surprise was, I guess, introduced to us pretty regularly. Um, and just getting used to being uncomfortable, getting comfortable yeah. with being uncomfortable is a big deal. And uh, keeping your head, you know, 
That's just kind of instilled the first few weeks. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I think a lot of it, like you said, in the beginning was figuring out who really wanted to be here and who didn't. Um, and obviously that stinted out throughout the entire process uh, because there are different tasks within at least our recruit school. And I know probably most other recruit schools that, you know, some people may not be used to or good at and they find that out and they decide it's not for them, which I mean, good on them. You know, if you don't want to do something, you don't have to. But uh, I think for, you know, some of the bigger guys going through the little containers with all their gear on and having to squeeze through the little holes and, you know, and then for people like me have just having to carry around a lot of weight, that's not something I particularly care for, but that's one of those things you just got to get used to. Um, but it was all, it was awesome now looking back and thinking like day one, like we spoke about earlier. I mean, there was people that literally couldn't even walk around. We were literally just walking around with our gear on and people were falling out. I think, yeah, that was our first task was getting, you know, fully in gear, breathing air. And all we did was walk around the station and, um, hands and knees. Yeah. Hands and we crawled like through the bay and then. Got up, walked around the station. Um, All at our own pace, by the way. At your own pace, just until you ran out of air. And, I mean, people falling out. Like, I mean, and it was pretty close to, I mean, I was pretty close to, there was a couple times where I was like, yeah, man, I can mm-hmm. probably pass out any time now. I just don't know when, but just waiting for it to happen, kind of. But, um, so it kind of progressed from there. You would, know. would you say that that taught you something about yourself? Absolutely. It kind of taught you that process of digging deep and kind of, oh, I think I'm at my limit and then finding out I can go further. Exactly. So that's yep. kind of. Exactly. So just to kind of pause on that note, you know, some folks may be listening to this that are preparing for one of our future recruit schools or one at another department. What's the biggest piece of advice you'd give them and kind of some tips you'd give them to make sure that they're prepared? So, Coming from me, obviously, you have to be doing something physical every day. Not You can't take a day off. The day you take off is a day you have wasted, especially when it comes to pushing yourself through recruit school. I'm not saying it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever been through, but for somebody it may be. Um, and to go hand-in-hand hand with that, go ahead and start preparing yourself mentally. You know, you may not have been around somebody that is going to be up in your face pushing you to get through something you don't think you can get through. And when you meet that, it it's going to take you by surprise. So if I can say anything, positive thoughts throughout everything, you know, if you're feeling like you're struggling through something, just bring that positivity back. Like it's not going to kill you. And if it does, then it is what it is. At least but, you get a break if it does kill you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think positive thoughts and just uh, keeping your head on tight is a big one for me. I would say the biggest thing is uh, your you and yourself. Your mind is your your biggest enemy. Right. And it's not the chiefs. It's not the instructors that are your enemy. It's not your classmates. Your classmates are your teammates, and they're having to go through everything with you. And the the quicker you realize, like, hey, these are my guys. Like, I got to do it. They got to do it. Might as well do it together. The better you'll be. And probably doesn't feel like we're on your side through the process. No, it, I mean, it, it comes to a point where it's kind of like, okay, everything's for a reason. Yep. Like, I mean... Method to the madness. Why, yeah. You wouldn't want to introduce somebody and just sugarcoat everything and just be like, oh, okay. And then when it hits the fan, it's like, why didn't you know? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And it's like, well, yep. 
Yeah. I've never been put in the situation. Well, and I think the big thing with that is, is if you don't do that correctly, you may not ever have that out, that opportunity to go. Why did you do that? Because mm-hmm. the thing that's lost is that this is still a dangerous job. This yep. is still a job. You know, just yesterday, twenty five year old South Carolina got killed. You know, um, this is still a dangerous job, and I think that's the big thing is it's sometimes lost on us, but. That opportunity may never be asked if we don't do this um, the right way. Yep. And you know, think, that's that's the thing with, you know, us the senior guys and you know, your instructors and stuff is we're giving you throughout recruit school, we're giving you all these tools, you know, all of this knowledge and we're taking you out of out of your comfort zone. You know, we're putting you into extremely hostile environments, you know, much like the military does. You know, with all of with all of their their people, you know, we're we're putting you in burning houses. We're putting you on the side of the highway. You know, having to cut somebody out of a car. You know, hanging off of a cliff. You know, in all these IDLH environments, you know, that ultimately could kill you. So we're we're teaching you how to deal with those issues. But at this point, you know, with y'all you know, just coming out and getting done. It's like, we've given you just enough to make you dangerous. Yep. Yeah. You know, and that's that's always been a saying as long as I've been in this, you know, and that's that's where, where we step in now to teach you, you know, we use these real-life scenarios and, you know, these calls that we run with y'all and we take that and use those as teaching moments while working at the same time. You know, to give you that experience because, you know, you, I know y'all have heard us say, you know, these are tools in your toolbox. There's no set way of doing something. Like, I have a way of doing something. Lieutenant Sergeant's got a way of doing something. You know, it's just different mindsets, different perspectives. And it's just, it's a culmination of things. Like, you know, you'll, you'll see and you'll learn throughout, you know, y'all's career where, you'll have those mentors that'll really stick with you, you know, and you'll you'll try to absorb everything that they have. And the the learning just it never stops. You know, being in as long as we have, we we still learn every day. We learn by experiencing new things. We learn by teaching y'all, you know, and teaching, you know, other recruits. It's just it's a always always changing and we're always learning. If I could give you one piece of advice is, especially with this next class, hop in, get that opportunity to teach because there is nothing in this business that will make you stay sharper and stay on top of things than teaching. Yeah, if you can teach somebody 100%. something, you know it. Well, and and part of the issue, you know, we, we've had this discussion several times is, is the fire service that we came up in doesn't exist anymore. The days of tons of structured fires it's just really over, which is a good yep. thing. We've done a very good job with public education, but the experience that we got with, you know, sometimes 50, 60 structure fires in some of these, I know, I know this was my experience, fit, you know, 58, 40, 50 a year. Yeah. Those days in departments like this are done. You don't get that because we've well, educated ourselves out of that, which like, again, that's good, but there's no way for me to replicate that experience to you. There's no way that I can give you that experience that we used to get in a year. So we have to work harder now. We have to, the thing that I really, 
really hope you guys take on is, is teaching because it's the best way you're going to stay on top of it now. All right, so we're back from break. Um, we, Lieutenant Morris is still in the room with us, but we're also going to be joined by Chief Jason Bryant. Chief Jason Bryant is a battalion on C-Shift. He's our, our battalion. He's also the head of the fire school. So, Chief, if you would just kind of introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself. And So, uh, first off, thank you for having me, uh, Jason Bryant, battalion chief. Uh, <clears throat> been around a little while. They kind of give me a hard time about how long it's been, but what are we at, 28 years now? You, you, you always say 27, but... I don't know how you lose count when you say it as much as you do. I was going to say it's been a year since we said 27, so also I hate all of you right now. But um, So I've been around 28 years. I retired from Henry County on the south side of Atlanta, took a battalion chief's job here in Gilmer, and probably one of the best moves you know, of my life. Just enjoy the area, enjoy the people up here, and uh, just happy to be part of it. Well, we're happy to have you. We're going to have a chance to talk to these two guys and get to know them a little more. Talk about really going to focus right now on the recruit school stuff. I know this is the probie hour, but we're uniquely can talk to them kind of about how the experience goes and just kind of uh, document that. I, so I have a question. So what surprised you guys the most in recruit school? What were you not prepared for the most? I we're guess. just talking about the first part of recruit school. Yeah, so I guess, like I, I was telling the two guys that um, are going to be attending the new one is, you know, I was I thought I was personally prepared and then showed up the first few days and got my bell rung. So, I mean, and I was the one that was doing something every day physically to be prepared and still got my bell rung. I remember you about three weeks before recruit school, you sent me a picture of you with slacks on and a t-shirt and I think a ruck or a weighted vest or something. And you're yep. like, getting after it, chief. Yep. And I remember, I think I just replied laughing. I go, I have to do a little we'll bit see. better than that. Yep. And sure enough, I showed up and I had to do a little bit better than that. And you did, you did, but it was, it's just, you know, when, when you try to tell people how to prepare, you can do that with, you know, push-ups and squats and burpees and running. But when you throw face piece and an SCBA and gear on, it just completely changes the game. Like 100%. You guys were talking about it earlier that you can't. You just don't have a way to prepare for nope, that. Not no. only is all of that stuff heavy, it doesn't breathe. Yep. And now with your you know, your face piece and SCBA on, you're having to actually physically fight for air. It's not as easy to breathe. Yep. So it, it'll wear you out pretty quick. And for, I mean, probably 99% of our recruit class, I can say we had never had that gear on. So first time in it and you're out there working out as if you were supposed to be with just regular clothes on, that's that's a shell shock. Do you remember the very first exercise you did with full gear in SCBA? Walking around the station. It was literally just walking at your that's own what, pace. You crawled across the bay, which is about 100 feet, just yep. crawled, and then walked. Walked, that's until it. You, until you ran out of air. Yep. And I think within the first five minutes, 70% of the class had, had tapped out. There was, the, I remember walking by and looking at the people that were sitting there like taking their gear off because they needed a break and thinking like I ain't gonna quit but you know, I wouldn't mind passing out right about now like top deal yeah. like, I was just and, like I mean no name dropping but one of the people that probably looked the most physically fit passed out before anybody did so <laughs> like I was telling those guys no matter what you look like don't let that don't let that be a surprise. Yeah, it'll find you. Yeah. That was, and that was five minutes. Exactly. Five minutes of work. Yep. And just completely gassed. I mean. Interesting. The element 
Uh, that's what I had said earlier, like getting comfortable, being uncomfortable and, and learning that your instructors are not your enemy, your classmates are not your enemy. Your biggest enemy is yourself and like having to learn to fight yourself, your mind and being like, you know what? It really ain't that bad. Like just having to keep telling yourself that. And, you know, personally, I always told myself, you know, like there's people that have done a lot worse than I'm doing right now. Like I can do this. So, so I'd like to talk a little bit about the team aspect. If y'all are cool with that, you know, yeah, of course. very first day in, in recruit school, you guys were divided up into teams. Yep. Um, how do you think that went? And uh, how did that dynamic help you change as far as having to do everything as a team and basically can only go as fast as your weakest link, even though maybe you wanted to go faster or wanted to yep. do something better? Was it a frustration? Was it? For it, me, Yes. It was uh, interesting to me because seeing how the teams were then and how the friendships are now, they're kind of changed. Like uh, the groups that we had used to, which I mean, I mean, what, half the people aren't here anymore? Mm -hmm. But how it went from day one to week 18, mm -hmm. 18 weeks, yes. um, just how the, uh, I guess, click, for lack of a better term, like kind of came together and... Um, which, I mean, your weakest link will always fall. Like, it'll be, like, I mean, half the people are gone. So, I'd say pretty much the weakest person in each group did end up quitting. Yep. So, um, it ended up working itself out in the end. But learning patience, learning trust in another teammate, and how, how hard it is to build up trust, but how easy it is to lose trust in somebody. But um, that, was a, that was a big part of it. And that's, I mean, for me, looking back, a lot of the mental and physical stuff that we as the recruits are not seeing, but the instructors are watching happening now, when I look back, is like, you know, when someone else is struggling, whether it's physically or mentally within your team, that's going to be broadcasted across your whole team because unless there's that one guy that can just stand up on the high mountain the whole time, which is not very likely, there's going to be a point where everybody is going to stoop down to the valley. And, I mean, it's going to broadcast across the whole team. So, like you were saying, Chief, um, having to either slow down being who you think is the most physically fit guy to stoop down to who's the less physically fit guy can be very frustrating. But when I look at it as, you know, maybe the weaker guy – might be looking up to me or to someone that's even better than me is that's their frustration. So I have to like kind of switch the roles in my thinking sometimes because like I said, I was the one that I thought I was physically prepared and then I show up and there's people doing something better than me and I'm like, oh, well, I need to strive to be better or work harder. So let's let's talk about that Greek god or goddess up on the mountain that you think <clears throat> can absolutely do everything in the world you know, they stand at the top, they finish everything first, they do everything, you know, that they're supposed to do, and they do it great. The way that class was designed, you think that they could just do the whole thing by themselves? Um, or just no. A team? Yeah, it's mm -hmm. absolutely a team. I mean, no, I that's like, because you, you, like, uh, I mean, you're physically fit and everything like that, but your weakness, you you freaking hate the cold. You don't like, is it, you don't like water? Is that you or is that I not? I don't like water and I don't like the cold. Yeah. I'll so, I mean. Empathize with that. What, and night, um, one of the other guys in the class, I mean, he's high up there. He don't like water. He don't like confined spaces. Um, 
I mean, it's it's a puzzle piece and to a huge puzzle. And each, each I mean, not even just a recruit class, like coming into pro B year, coming into our first year, we're just pieces in a puzzle that make up like the whole department. I mean, someone might have a strength that's my weakness. I might have a strength that's someone else's weakness. But you find out that you can work together and reach a common goal. I mean, ain't no one person can do this entire job by themselves. Nope. Everybody has a weakness. Everybody. You know, yep. I don't care who you are. You may sit here and go, oh, I can, no, you can't. I, I can promise you I do, you know, tight spaces. Can't stand them. Absolutely yep. despise them. Also don't like being cold and wet. Um, you know, it just is what it is. But, you know, with, within a team, you have to be able to not necessarily overcome that, but where your weakness is might be my strength, and it's my job to pick you up and exactly. vice versa. Yep. You know, um, so that's kind of why you work as a team and, you know, newsflash some of the drills and stuff we did changed constantly because what we would do <clears throat> is we would find maybe what's a weakness with this entire class or what's a weakness with a certain group okay what are they not very good at or maybe there's two or three people that individually aren't good at something well guess what we're going to do that okay. group's going to do that mm-hmm. you know like the you guys might have thought it was really stupid but the drill we did where you had to get all this equipment and move it from station to station is there any way we could have done that by ourselves? No. How aggravated did you start getting at each other? Very, yeah. That was all that was, was just and the drill's purpose didn't serve anything that had to do with the fire department other than working as a team, which is the most important skill yep. that we need in the fire service. Part of yep. that goes back to being uncom- or being comfortable with being uncomfortable. If I'm not good at confined spaces and we have to do confined spaces for the betterment of the team i have to suck it up and do my job and yep. that was a huge thing to learn that this sucks but we all got to do it and it, and we got to keep doing it till it's done so that was a big lesson to learn that not just till it's done but till it's done correctly correctly yeah. you know you, we, we try to practice things not to just um get it right but do it until you can't get it wrong exactly you know a lot of the things that you guys do now and you may not even realize it or you may is you just do on muscle memory you've done it thousands of times and yep. hundreds of times and you know how easy is it for you right now to put if you had to go out there right now put all your gear and everything on in a minute 30 seconds could you do it yep all day when's the last time you did it I actually did it last week. I was helping. You were working yeah, with guys. Yeah. Know, but, I mean, for consistently. Time. Before that, time. before that, it was when for we tested. School. When yeah. we tested national. Yeah, all day. You could still go do it. Yeah, Absolutely. all day. Because you've done it yep. forever and ever. Yep. Which is why, you know, the way the first couple of weeks is designed is you're in your gear and your SCBA so much and you practice your emergency procedures that by the end of that second week when – Stuff is really going sideways. You've done it so many times. Yep. It's like, okay, it's just muscle memory. Because when, when, God forbid, that situation ever happens, you don't have to think about it. Yep. We're just going to, you know, you're not, you're not going to rise to the occasion. You just, just go through the checklist. And, of your training, yep. that's it. You know, you're not going to, rising to the occasion's a myth. Yep. So um, that's kind of why we train the way that we do. Um, and, and I think Lieutenant Sergeant will vouch for me. Nobody's an expert at everything, and I certainly don't ever don't claim to be. There's some things I'm pretty dang good at, and there's some things that I'm not real good at. But you need to rely on the people around you and, and use their expertise. I, I talk to them all the time. Hey, what do you guys think? You know, Lieutenant Sergeant, you know, Dave, Sirach, um, uh, CJ. I mean, I all of them. So in this job, you really have to spend time 
getting to know your people, getting to know the people that you work with, or because I don't ever want to put somebody in a position where they can't be successful. Um, you know, if I've got, you know, if we're going to be doing a rope um, rigging or something like that, and I need to put a lieutenant in charge of that, who do you think I'm probably going to put in charge of that? Lieutenant Morris. Probably, probably Lieutenant Morris, because yep. he's pretty good at that. If we're doing, if I need somebody to help teach pump stuff or um, something like that, math on that, yep. amazing. Yep. Absolutely amazing at it. Um, you know, so you just have to put people in a position to where they can be successful, what their strengths are, and try to work on their weaknesses and bring those weaknesses yep. weaknesses up, um, which is kind of the way recruit school was designed with you guys to the best that we could. Now we'll change this one some of the next time. Just I think there's some things that we could probably do better, but uh, I'm pleased with the uh, product that we were able to put out oh, yeah. over the past year. I don't think there's any argument I, from I, anybody. I think it has changed. The future of this department, it has changed the look of this department. It has changed the outlook of this department. You know, when you have folks coming in, it's nice because we've got a lot of different differing viewpoints, a lot of diversity, especially in the folks that have been here a bit because they've all been trained in different places, came in. But there's also some downsides to that because a lot of people don't always have the experience of how things we have to do things here here in the place where we don't have many hydrants where we rely on tankers and all those things and so it's nice now for this future generation to be trained to be firefighters here mm -hmm. and to be building the future of here because the days our days of all of us coming in from outside are pretty well coming to an end with this which is a good thing for the mm -hmm. the future of this department and so it, it builds a culture yes and and we're seeing that come together and it's because of you guys believe diversity is an old wooden ship so um, a couple of questions for you guys too real quick while I'm thinking about it what was like two part what was your favorite thing about the academy in general just a generalized thing what was your favorite thing about it I guess I kind of got like a two part and it kind of goes with what we've been talking about um, you know day one it might have been I'm not talking to anybody because I don't really know anybody. I'm here to show what I'm made of. And then week 10, when we're doing our first burn, if you don't know what somebody smells like in the beginning of the morning, it's awkward because you're about to go in and do some work with somebody. So I got to learn a lot about, especially my team and everyone else, obviously. And then as far as fun or favorite part, obviously the first burn or going to Dalton and being able to go in our hottest building we could go in, that's a fun time for me, looking back on it. Mine's definitely that, too, the friendships and stuff. Because, like, I've had lifelong friends, but I haven't been really put in a position of where, like, my life is in their hands top deal till now. And that'll make you some pretty good friends mm -hmm. pretty quick. Um, but, yeah, that first burn in Dalton was unreal and then the uh what was it pressure ice container yeah that was one of my favorites did you feel like when by the time we did our first burn which was week 10 i believe with you guys if i if i remember correctly did you feel like you were prepared i, oh, I couldn't wait to get yeah. after it i yeah. was like mm. meaning you your knowledge you feel like your knowledge was there i mean i know there was probably a little bit of apprehension because it's we're fixing lights on fire and go yep. inside. But do you feel like you had the background knowledge 
and oh, yeah. skills in place to be able to be successful. Yeah, and it was interesting too. Uh, like one of the things, one of the chapters we covered was like uh, fire behavior, fire dynamics, stuff like that, and how fire behaves. And when you introduce air, when you introduce fuel, and the the mixtures and stuff like that, how it's going to behave. Um, when you start looking at that, you start looking at thermal layer and and the smoke going to the highest point and building down. Um, it all starts taking shape because I mean, someone could teach class in school about you know how to fix a motor on a car, but unless you're out there working on a motor or something like that, you have no idea what you're talking about. So seeing it transfer from the classroom portion into real world, like hey, this is what we mean by the thermal layer, and hey, this is what we mean by you know it the ceiling's crawling on or the fire's crawling on the ceiling top deal. Um, but no, I couldn't wait to get after it. I was oh yeah. I was like an animal. I could, I mean, yeah. just a hungry dog waiting for something. I was, yeah, I couldn't wait for that. All right, so second part of that, you've already said the fire, so I'm not going to let you use that one again. What was your favorite day in recruit school? Well, if you had to pick one day to go back, and if I could do it again, what would it, what would it be? I just thought about this last night, and I was laughing to myself, is when we were doing the skit up there, and we're impersonating <laughs> people from the department. Um. That was pretty classic. That was that was pretty good. I seem to always be drawn to like the physical aspect and what my favorite physical thing was. So I think for me, um, when we got to put all of our gear on, I think it was the Denver drill we did. Blacked out for the first time. Dummy at the end of the uh, at the end of the bay. We're crawling through the small confined space. Two of those have to get to the dummy while there's a bunch of noise going on and music and um, people yelling, just trying to get us thrown off of our game. And then it's you and two other people you've known for three or four weeks and you're having to drag somebody from 50 feet across. You're literally blind, breathing air for the first few times you've ever done it. So I think those are like the good times when I think that. And uh, one of the things with that drill is – we're always taught the hose is your lifeline, and if you let go of that hose, you are dead, essentially, in that drill. So it can turn from a team of four to a team of one very quickly, and then you got to worry about getting that dummy out, and then you got to worry about getting the rest of your teammates out um, in that drill. So that'll really test you. So All while not running out of air, because then we have to pay for that, too. Yeah. So You're... There's no way to win. You're going to pay anyway. There's no way to win. Let's just be honest. Um, All right. So what did you like least about recruit school? Hmm. And there's not a bad answer. And there's not, I'm not going to make you go do push-ups. at least not right now. Maybe later, maybe about two in the morning. If somebody turns the heat on in the bunk room again. (laughs) Yeah. Do not touch the. My least favorite. Hmm. It doesn't Mine, have to be a single thing. It can be a, a, a total aspect of it. My least favorite thing was knowing that, um, gosh, you know, it's tough because it's human nature to spot someone's flaws, like other people's flaws. And the hardest thing for me to accept is that when somebody's attitude wasn't right in the right spot or their mentality wasn't in the right spot and no matter what you say to them or, you know, what you show them, some people just don't want to change the way that they think. And that was the hardest thing for me to accept is like, 
I'm just going to have to figure out for myself how to deal with that, like uh, how to work with these people. You know, they might think differently than me or they might do this differently than me, but having to learn that everyone's different and that you're a team when it comes down to it. And, you know, and I'll expand on that a little bit. I've never understood the people. Now, we all have bad days. You know, I'm not going to say that. I Trust me, I have them plenty of times. But especially in recruit school, coming in and being dreading the day. Like you volunteer, nobody drafted you. You volunteer. We get to do the coolest job in the world. You know, I mean, really, we're doing something that little kids, every time a fire truck comes by, they go running outside to go look at it. Mm -hmm. Just think it's the coolest. And we're doing that. And people that come in and and just want to be, oh, we're going to do this today. Why? Then why are you here? You know, just go away. And and those people pretty much wed them. We found their way out. It it got pretty pretty early on on Mondays, Monday mornings. I remember being like, oh, we got another week of this. And then my Friday afternoon when we had to go home, like, man, I got to go home. I want to. I'd stay here all day if I could. All night too. Yeah. Sometimes you tried to talk us into letting you, but. Yeah, I guess my least favorite would be the classroom portion. So all of EMS. Well, yeah, definitely, evidently. Welcome to be a fireman. Yeah, definitely the classroom portion. Mainly because I I just can't sit still. Trust me, I get it. Can't do it. I hated teaching the classroom portion. Exactly, yeah, exactly. So so what was your least least favorite day? The one day or the one exercise or one activity outside of the classroom? That you just were like, oh, my God, this sucks so bad. Or I don't ever want to do this again. Huh. I feel like there's one because I remember being like. I know what it is. All right, go. Hazmat. (laughs) If I could just cancel that out of my life. Everybody's complaining about all the stuff I have to teach. Exactly. (laughs) Lieutenant, welcome to uh, (laughs) to teaching this one. And don't get me wrong, like. Obviously, that's needed. We have to, somebody has to do it. But for me, golly, man, that drove me nuts. Yeah, it's just either you're really into it or you really hate it. Exactly. There's not really a lukewarm on that. Yeah, that's true. But what could make it better? Not just hazmat. The classroom in general, what could we do? Because that's that's going to always be the hang-up on every single class. Because firemen, naturally, are not the ones that enjoy sitting in classrooms. We didn't get drawn to this because we enjoy sitting in the classroom looking at PowerPoints. For me, it is having something in front of me instead of staring at a TV, writing down something. If you could, okay, I get it. Like if we take one in two days to, hey, this is what the book's going to say, and then you put something in my hands, that's where I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can learn this. But if I'm just like, what is this guy talking about? Reading off the screen the whole time. So, so what if there were like many little models and stuff so you could hundred percent? Okay. For me personally, that's that's where I would be living at. I'm yeah, saying. ideally that would be yeah. that would be good. And I then wish we'd have, we could have done better than that in this recruit school, but it's the first one we've ever done. Exactly. So I mean, like, and this is just this is kind of getting off topic with just spitballing an idea I had. You know, we talk underflow and overflow. Why not set up a little? in-person demo like we can use sand and and you yeah. know a water pump yeah and actually you know ways to actually demonstrate that in person maybe and just yeah that that's the stuff i'm trying to learn because this that's the big challenge for me you know you guys know i'm, I'm typically the one that ends up teaching i teach math yep. i teach hazmat i teach ems yep but i don't learn from powerpoints i don't like teaching from powerpoints so it's, it's how do we do this in a way that 
people are actually walking away with something. And I tried to, when we had long PowerPoint days, you guys were very good at getting me off topic because you you finally about <laughs> a month or two in figured out if you'd get me talking about something else, we could go off and left field. Which is fine. But we're still, but knowing we're still coming back to it. But yep, exactly. it is what it is. But, I, you know, with the PowerPoints, I try not to just read them. I try to say, there it is. All right, now let's talk about how this applies to us. Yep. I can't stand somebody who gets up there and goes, yep. parts of the hose are blah, 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 blah. Yep. Just, okay, look, here, yeah. here it is. This is yep. what it is. It, you see what it says. This is what you need to know for the test. All right, let's talk about how this applies. Exactly. And I think that that's, to me, that's a better way for me to learn. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is, again, off topic, but if there's any instructors listening to this, one of the things that I learned a long time ago when I went through my instructor methodology classes, that PowerPoint isn't there for my students. And it's not there for me to read from. It is there to jog my memory so I remember what I'm supposed to talk about. And that's something that is often lost on us as instructors. And a lot of times we're not coming in as prepared as we need to be, and we have to take some ownership of that. But if you remember that, it's a lot easier just to use that to jog your memory and your students are more engaged. That was um, an aside. That was some good advice someone given me and I think her class and I would give it to anybody else that's thinking about recruit school in general, like EMS or fire school is when when a lecture is being given about and there's a PowerPoint, don't be looking at the PowerPoint. I mean that's just basic listen listen to what the instructor has to say and then go back and read the chapter or look at the PowerPoint and see how they compare because an instructor has uh I mean Experience is king. Knowledge knowledge is good, and but experience is king. And and when someone be like, well, talking about, let's say, like searching a building or something like that, you know, the PowerPoint might be, well, you need to do X, Y, and Z. But an instructor would be like, well, ideally it would be this, this, and this. And you need to compare and contrast and look how it would benefit experience-wise plus coming out of the book. Like, I mean... Yeah, I agree with that for sure. No, what's up? What are you looking forward to now that you've graduated? Official graduation hasn't happened yet, but you're you've graduated and you know you're through your fire and your EMS portion of it. Um what are you looking most forward to next? Next what does the next part of your career look like? I think just a whole display of my career. Like I, I look when I'm looking across the table at what you guys have done or what you guys are doing, I'm like, that's going to be me one day. So I'm like, you know, what can I be doing? Cause there's, I mean, there's all kinds of classes you can take and all kinds of courses you can go to. So I'm like, obviously I don't know all of those yet, but just the things that you guys have, you know, our career matrix that you guys are going to have planned for us and um, building off of that. And, I've, I think for me personally, it's going to be a lot of looking back, starting. I mean, look at the two guys we just brought in here. I mean, that was me and Cochran this time a year ago, yeah. and we're already here about to start our first year of probationary time. So I think a lot of it's going to be um, obviously building off of the knowledge I have now, but also looking back and not forgetting where you came from too. I would challenge you the biggest thing for the for your future is never stop training. Never stop using Gypstick, never stop using the people around you. I remember sitting where you guys were, not necessarily on a podcast because I don't even know if the internet was invented, <laughs> you know, that far back then. 
Not in the sixties. Did Al Gore invent it yet? Or mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if Al Gore was born when you were taught. When you that's probably fair. Um, thanks. <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought. Now that's what happens when you get old. But <laughs> I thought I was going to have to sit, hit the censor button for a minute. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember sitting where you guys are and and thinking, you know. <laughs> I went into my first station with a bunch of guys that were, you know, 10 and 12-year guys. And I remember going, man, they've got it all together, 10 or 12-year guys. And now sitting where I'm sitting, I'm like, 10 or 12-year guy's a new guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, that's the way it is. But, you know, educate yourself. You know, we we still, I still go to classes. I've been doing this a a little while. And and I still go to classes. I I still go down to Gypstick. You know, give back. You know, once you get a point in your career where you've got some knowledge and you've got some experience, you know, start giving back, man. Start teaching. Go down to the academy and teach. Um, that, that's one of my personal goals is to get really good at what I have in front of me, like being a really good firefighter and a really good EMT. So one day, you know, someone, a probie or a recruit can come up to me and be like, hey, man, I need some help with this. And I'll be like, well, you know what? Here's my advice for this. I've worked on it. I've trained for it. Like, this is what I got to give you right here. And that's, I want to get really good at my job so I can help other people out. That's yeah. that's my main goal. And, that, and that's how this is designed. That's what we want. Because in a year, there's 17 more sitting in front of you. Yep. And guess who they're going to be looking towards? It's going to be you guys. Yep. Yep. So secret time. I learned, I learned more from teaching just about every time than I do from actually taking a class. Yep. I learned so much, you know, being able to be involved with you guys and, and teaching this recruit class that we just did. I mean, I learned, I felt like I got better as an instructor. I felt like I got better as a father, as a husband, um, you know, better as a supervisor and better as a subordinate. I mean, I think that somebody has something to offer. You can learn from anybody. You know, I've yep. learned from you guys, especially um, yep. just with some attitudes and some how you approach things, um, you know, because I'm not, you know, I'm not 22 to 25 years old anymore. So I have to I do things a little different sometimes. Yeah. But um being involved with you guys was I mean, one of the coolest experiences I've ever gotten to do. And the fact that we were able to do this for Gilmer County is just unbelievable. I mean, yeah. this is this is literally history making for this county right now. That we're about to graduate our first ever in house recruit class. And I'm I'm blown away to even have been part of it. So I I appreciate you guys. I really do. We appreciate it too. Well, we want to take this time to thank everyone for joining us for this first episode of the Proby Hour edition of the Gilmer County Fire Rescue Podcast. If you have questions for these guys, questions for us for any edition of our podcast, please send us an email at gcfrpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be checking that regularly and look forward to taking all of your submissions. Uh, as always, we'll see you again soon. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to the Gilmer County Fire Rescue Podcast. 